Well, it's good to be with you tonight. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to the book of Ephesians chapter 3? Many were here this weekend on Sunday for the ministry of Pastor Greg Johnson. Great time in the house of the Lord. I encourage you, if you weren't here, take a listen to the podcast. I'm sure it's up. Just receive from that man of God. He came with great wisdom and insight and really blessed the house yesterday. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19, reading from the Amplified. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being under the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When the Lord renders a plan, it is flawless in design. Concerning his people, concerning his church, sons and daughters, when he renders a plan, when he puts together a plan and sends it out, delivers it, it is flawless in design. Across the planet, daily plans are being drafted for communities, for buildings, for furniture for teaching curriculum plans to try and better society, plans for building and assembling many, many things. Family plans, parenting plans, eating plans, exercise plans, practice plans, vacation plans, retirement plans, 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 plans. There are instances when a plan set forth has issues that have been overlooked or missed. There's problems with the plan. There are issues that arise during the assembly process or the following of the plan or the working out of the plan 
These things weren't accounted for. The author of the plan didn't or couldn't foresee them. But with God, it's not that way. We need to know tonight, we need to acknowledge tonight that when the Lord renders a plan, when He delivers a plan, it is flawless in design. We could talk about the plan of discipleship. There's nothing wrong with the plan. It's flawless in design. The plan of salvation, flawless in design. God's plan for a godly home, flawless in design. God's plan for parenting, flawless in design. God's plan for holiness, it's flawless in design. Nothing overlooked, nothing missed. He has accounted for every issue that could possibly arise during the assembling process. Every issue that could arise as we work out this plan and as we walk out this plan, as we give our lives to this plan, He's accounted for everything that could come our way. Though weapons form, they shall not prosper. They will form, they will rise against, but the plan is more than capable of handling everything and anything that might arise. The greatness of this plan, there is absolutely no reason to question or doubt any plan that God delivers. Any plan that God would deliver to us, there's absolutely no reason to question it or to doubt it. We might not understand it, but there's no reason to question it. There's no reason to doubt it. We would be wise just to give our lives to it, just to take the plan and run with it because it's flawless in design. Because it's drafted by one that in himself is perfect and is flawless. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here in Ephesians chapter 3, we are told of a great plan of God. Now, God has many plans, but this is a great plan. This is His great plan. It's flawless. And by it, his people, we, his offspring, are built together in Christ. You see, there's no other plan that can build us together like this plan. There's no other plan that can unite us together like this plan. There's no other plan that can accomplish what this plan can accomplish. It's true unity. Only his plan can accomplish it. The J.B. Phillips reads, When I think of the greatness of this plan, when I think of the greatness of this plan, I fall to my knees before God the Father. The Living Bible, when I think of the wisdom and scope of this plan. The Lord desires a people built together. We know that that's true. Built together in what? Well, the word here is telling us his, his desire, his plan. It's that we would be built together in Christ. Built together in 
Christ. There is no other plan that can build people together like this plan can. There is no other plan that can unite people together like this plan can. There is no other plan which pleases the Lord like this plan. It brings joy to his heart when people are built together, when they're knit together in Christ. It's not in something else. Some form or manner of religion, it's built together in Christ, and the rest falls into place as we're built together in Christ. This building together takes surrendered pieces. We know that that's true. This building together takes broken hearts. This building together takes a surrendered people. It takes people to come to the end of themselves and give their heart over to God and say, let me be built together with my brothers and sisters. Let me be built together. Let us be united as your church. Let my life be built together in Christ. All that I am, all that I have. Now God will work with what he's given. What he's given? Yes. He will work with the number of surrendered pieces or people he has given. Now, concerning our own lives, we have to give them everything. We know that that's true. But when we look at the church and when we look at a people being built together in Christ, God will work with what he's given. And it's our choice to give. It's our choice to surrender. It's our choice how much we're going to give, how much we're going to surrender. But if we don't give everything, we hinder it. Now his plan still prospers because he can work with whatever he's given, but what he'd really like to accomplish, perhaps he can't accomplish in a community or in a church or in a society or in a nation unless there's many surrendered parts, many surrendered people that choose to be built together in Christ. The beauty of it is that this plan works perfectly and produces the same regardless of how many pieces there are. God can knit a people together even if there's only a few. Ephesians 3, 14 to 17, for this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ. Wow, look at the response. I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. I love that, your personality. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. You see, if we are built together by common interest or anything other than Christ and the Holy Spirit, there will come a day when interests change, likes change, taste changes, preference changes, and we will part. If a group of people, if a church, if young adult group, Christians in an area, if they're built together simply by common interest or anything other than Christ and the Holy Spirit, there will come a day when likes change and taste changes and music preference changes and how dim the lights are or 
so many things. But not so if we're built together in Christ. By the Holy Spirit. With regards to this place, it's not the lights, it's not the music, not the building, not the furniture that's building us together. It's Christ and the Holy Spirit. Now these things can be used as avenues for the ministry of Christ or to draw us closer to the Lord. But it's the Holy Spirit and it's Christ that's building us together. Are we being built together in Christ and in the Holy Spirit? You see, the test would be, is if the music stopped and the lights went out, would we still gather? Would we still come? Are we built together in Christ? Or is that our preference? And as long as that's there, we're here. Or if the service time changes and doesn't fit our schedule, are we still here because we're built together in Christ? Are we still gathering or now it's not our preference? Or, you know, if all of a sudden there aren't as many cute girls around, are we still gathering or are we, are we off trying to find another place because that's what we're really after? Built together in Christ and by the Holy Spirit. A people. I think sometimes God is blowing away at how, how, how quickly... And over, over really trivial things, and, and we might see them as big things, but, you know, all of a sudden the people are broken apart and people scatter because that's not my taste anymore. It ain't my preference anymore. I've changed. I'm a little bit older now. It's too cold in the building. It's too hot in the building. I don't like that when I sit down, I have to lower the seat. It's a little too far to drive now because I moved. I mean, there's so many things that all of a sudden, when it's not preference, people pull away. And then I wonder if it's a consumer mindset and mentality in the church today. Because that's the kind of culture we live in. So many varieties. and We're built together on other things that are, are really not the main thing. I'm not saying they're wrong, but we're built together on the, on the wrong thing. See, something powerful happens when a people are built together in Christ and with the Holy Spirit. Because then it's rock solid and it lasts. Because it's not about them, it's not about the temperature, it's not about the volume, it's, it's not about the lights, it's... It's not about the convenience to church. It's not about whether the grass was cut this week. It's, it's not about whether on a Monday night you have to park in the back parking lot because they're fixing, fixing cracks in the front. It's, it's not about all these. Oh, thank you for parking in the back parking lot, by the way. But it's not about all these things. It's, it's about Christ, and that's why we're gathering. It's about being built together in Christ and the Holy Spirit to, to glorify his name and be the type of people he's called us to be. With regards to the universal church, here's, here's the truth. It's, it's not a common interest in good ethics, a common taste for morality, a set of common preferences that are building us together. It's Christ in us and, and the Holy Spirit. That's, that's how we're built together. That's why you can travel across the planet, and if you find people with a heart after God, you just feel like you fit right in, even if you don't even understand what they're singing. I mean, you can travel to the other side of the planet, and you just feel the presence of God, and you can enter in. 
It's like your home anywhere. That's because we're being built together, even though there's distance, we're being built together in Christ and in the Holy Spirit. What's building us together? It's, it's this flawless plan of God. It's this perfect plan drafted by the I am, and he has accounted for every snag and every issue that could arise. It's by his plan and the greatness of his plan that we are built together in Christ, that we fall in line. Ephesians 3.14 reads, For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to stop and ask, when's the last time you fell to your knees and just said, because of the greatness of this plan? You know, I'm still wowed by this. I'm still amazed by this. It's not old hat. When's the last time you fell on your knees and said, God, thank you I can go to church. Thank you that we can gather. Thank you that we can be knit together in Christ. Thank you that I have a Bible. Thank you that I can read. Thank you that I sight. You see, we're so caught up in all this other stuff, like they're not selling the right coffee at the cafe. We are selling the right coffee at the cafe. You just need to acquire the taste for the right kind of coffee. ha. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? If it's all these other things, then we have a problem. We have a problem. We see the greatness of this plan, and you know, that's why we're praying. See, some people, they don't, maybe it's, maybe that's the reason they don't pray, because they don't see the greatness of this plan. They don't really get it. And so they don't pray, you know, pre-service prayer, well, I'm not harping on that, I, you know, that's fine, but Christ City prayer, or praying on your own time, praying at home, praying throughout the week, falling to your knees, the greatness of this plan, I see it, God, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, how you're trying to advance the kingdom and build the kingdom, I see that, and, and for that reason, because of that, I fall to my knees and pray. I mean, I think Jesus got it when he said, I would first that my house would be called a house of prayer. You see, he saw the greatness of this plan. It's going to take some prayer. It's going to take contending. J.B. Phillips' New Testament, when I think of the greatness of this plan, I fall on my knees before God. Living by when I think of the wisdom and scope of this plan, I fall down on my knees and pray. I fall down on my knees and pray. A plan so great must be contended for. I just want to say that tonight. Many forces that would seek to pervert or hinder or halt the plan to build us together in Christ. There are many forces. Some aren't as blatant as others, but there are many forces that would seek to halt the plan of God. So how does this plan, work, and function. Well, I'm sure we've figured it out already tonight. Ephesians 3, verse 16, may he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling in your innermost being and personality. It's like God just takes over. 
And that's a beautiful thing because we become who we were actually created to be. We allow him to take over. He is more than willing to grant us this, but in order to be recipients and parts or pieces of this great plan that form the collective, we have to surrender. Like it wouldn't hurt to get into one church and just give your life. There'd be a lot more fruit, lasting fruit. Deep roots, impact into generations. We allow ourselves to be built together in Christ. Built together in Christ. I think it's crazy sometimes, you know, you get together with people that have issues. And the things they're talking about is the color of the carpet. Why'd you print on both sides of the cup? You could have saved, you know, a penny. They seem like silly things, but you know there's a deeper issue going on inside. And the issue is they haven't surrendered. That's the issue. And so they leave. And the reason they gave seems so silly. It's because they won't man up or woman up and just admit that they're not surrendered. They pulled away for whatever reason. In order to experience the working out of this great plan, we will have to surrender. You know, unless God moves you on, why, why would you pull up roots and take off? Unless he moves you out of the city, why would you take your life away? Now, I, I understand some people leave places and communities because it's not spiritual or it's fallen from the standard of the Lord. I don't know about you. I want to be a pillar. I want to be in the house of the Lord and have deep roots that affect generations and Really make a difference and bless the heart of God. Bless the heart of the Lord. Imagine being strengthened and reinforced with the mighty power, His mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit Himself. And that's what we're talking about. That's what's taking place. This is how God builds people together. It's really Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's, it's the Holy Spirit inside of us. Saved, bought by the precious blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit now alive and active in us, working out the great plan of God. Verse 17 reads, May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. That's what it is. It's Christ in us. Christ actually dwelling and settling down and making his permanent home inside of our hearts. We are talking about a permanent 
home where you actually give him ownership. I guarantee we've heard something similar to this, but it's not, hey, Lord, I got a little space right here. I got a roof for rent. Or this apartment or compartment is vacant. But it's allowing him to completely take over. It's a for sale sign, and he comes and buys with his precious blood, and it's his. It's his. Now, how many know you go to your neighbor's house and you want to tell them how to run their home, what to do with their yard, what color to paint their fence, and on and on and on. It's not going to work out so well. It's their home. It's the most beautiful thing when we just surrender and allow God to have us as his home permanent residence. Permanent residence. Listen, God's not going to sell you. And heaven forbid, we stroll back in and kick them out. Evict him. He's not a tenant. He owns the place. He owns the place. That's true Christianity. That's true surrender to God. He owns you. He owns me. He owns us. It's such a beautiful thing. Verses 17 to 19. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. I mean, we're experiencing his love, aren't we? What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it that you may really come to know this is practically through experience for yourselves, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. This plan roots us deep and it founds us securely in love and on love. And it's not some passing, fading, fragile love. This is the great love of Christ. Being built together in Christ. It's a love that doesn't fail. It's a love that doesn't walk out on us. It's a love that does not wane. You see, this plan gives us the power and strength to apprehend and grasp with all the saints the breadth and length and depth of his incredible love. His incredible love. Have you experienced his love? Are you experiencing his love? Is the plan at work in your life? Are you experiencing his love? Verse 19, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. You see, we are not talking about something that is a figment of imagination. We are talking about the real deal where we encounter the love of God, and that is building us together. It's Christ in us. It's his love at work inside of us. It's the resurrection power at work inside of us. It's his Holy Spirit at work inside of us that cares a great deal for us. If the Holy Spirit didn't care about you, why would the Holy Spirit come and dwell in you? 
cares that much about each and every one of us. This plan is a promise. We are experiencing, yes, practically the love of Christ. And this knowledge with experience is building us together. You know what's actually happening as we experience the love of Christ and we just get addicted and he's our first love and we don't leave our first love because we're still in love with him and this is a romance that is unending. What starts to happen? It's actually causing us to gather. It causes people to run to the doors of the church. It causes people to get into his presence because there's something that happens when his people gather that you cannot create in your bedroom. Now, those times are powerful, but there's something that happens as we gather. Are we actually being built together or do we have excuse for why we're not gathering, why we're not coming together? Because if we're being built together in Christ, if we're actually experiencing his love, we're going to be here. We're going to be here. Drawing on him and loving on him. It's impelling us to pray. Experiencing his love is impelling us to pray and worship and evangelize and give and love and serve and live holy. It's actually driving us to see Christ glorified in all things. You know what starts to happen? When you experience his love, you want to exalt him and magnify him. You want to come to the church to beautify his house. You want to make his house glorious and his praise glorious. Because you're actually in love with Jesus. You're in love with him. You know, some people, they have date night and they'll never miss it. Why don't you just make Sunday your date day? Now, that seems real silly. But if he's a lover of your soul, just get to church. Couldn't make it to church this morning, Lord. You know, that pillow felt real good. Just get to church. Make it a part of your life. Just permanent home, Lord. How many know the Holy Spirit inside of you wants you in church? But the flesh is at war with the Spirit. And the Spirit's at war with the flesh. This battle, we're enmeshed in. But if we choose to surrender and allow Christ to take over and fully take over, and our whole lives, even our personality, is infused with the Holy Ghost, things are going to change. We're going to be in church. We're going to be in church Sunday morning and Sunday night. I'm, I'm just going to say that. We're going to come sometime during the week, even beyond the doors of the church. We're going to gather with brothers and sisters, and we're going to text people. We're going to pray for people. We're going to fall on our knees because this plan is radical. This plan is incredible, and it still wows us. And we want more and more people built into this plan. We're surrendered. The for sale sign's gone. It's his home now. It's his home now. I think the Lord likes a clean home. I think he likes the yard kept well. Now we're talking spiritually here. We're talking about our lives. I'm not not pointing at anything if your house is not kept like that, the physical. But the Lord likes it clean. He, he likes it when guests come over to you, his home, and 
things are looked after. He owns it. He owns us. Well, Ephesians 3.19, that you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God. Wow, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. I don't know, is that your prayer? Is that your prayer for others? For other people? For those that aren't even saved yet? Those that don't even know Jesus Christ, but the greatness of this plan, we fall to our knees. I mean, here it is. I don't know about you, but the thought that I might have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body, wholly filled and flooded with God himself. I want to go after that. I want to run after that. I want to war against the flesh, partner with the Lord. I, I want to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of this plan. I want to see that accomplished in my life. And as the body, as the church, that we might have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body, yes, wholly filled and flooded with God himself. I mean, there is no greater plan. The greatness of this plan. Let's have the worship team return tonight. I want to share a quick excerpt from David Wilkerson. We're just going to close and head out from this place tonight. His words, when the Lord takes up residence in us, he brings with him all his power and resources. I mean, think about that. Suddenly, our inner man has access to God's strength, wisdom, truth, peace, everything we need to live in victory. We don't have to cry out to him to come down to us from heaven. He's already in us. Paul tells us just how powerful we are in Christ for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, Unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. In us. What an amazing passage. It goes on, Paul lists but a few of the incredible treasures the Lord has made available to us. Indeed, all of God's riches are available to us in Christ Jesus. Some Christians have created an image of a self-centered God whose only pleasure is in receiving praise. May that never be said about our Lord because that is not at all why he has come to abide in us. He has come to show us that he's a God who is not far off. The Lord wants us to know he isn't just out in the dark expanse of the cosmos somewhere. He's very present in us. He doesn't flit in and out of our lives at will. No, he, he never leaves. His abode is in us. Thank you, Lord. What a plan. The greatness of this plan. That personally, we would be a body wholly filled with God. The richest measure of the divine presence. And 
as a church would be that way. A universal church would be, our homes would be like that. Thank you, Lord. What plan have we surrendered to? And what plan is, is building us? What plan is building you? What plan is building us together? Or what plan is trying to build you into, into this place or this community or into the church that you attend? You, maybe you don't attend here you know, except for Monday nights. What, what plan is, is it work in your life? It's got to be His plan. We're built together in Christ. We're built together in Christ and by His Holy Spirit. Let's stand tonight. Now you just take a moment. It's in your own heart, in your own words. You say, Lord, I, I surrender to your plan. This is your permanent home. Just begin to thank him for the greatness of his plan. Thank him for the greatness of his plan. Is that work in your life that he's taking over? That you're being filled with God himself. Every part of who you are, even your personality. More like the personality of Christ each day. Thank you, Jesus.